Unlocking the Cage is recorded live on Twitch Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific at Manager's Comedy. Tune in to chat and share your opinions and help us unlock the cage. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Whether he's removing his face or on a criminal plane or a historical chase, we love Nicholas Cage. Star of Scream and Stage, gonna watch him all day while he's a screaming with rage, cause we're unlocking the cage. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of Unlocking the Cage. Um, this is our live recorded podcast. Uh, we record it every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash managers comedy. The purpose of this show is to watch and rank every single one of Nicolas Cage's 105 movies. Uh, we are your hosts. I am Meg. I'm Chris Madden. Chris Madden. Um, <laughs> we uh, are going to spoil today's movie. And uh, just so if that's a concern for you, you probably shouldn't listen until you watch the movie, which you should. Uh, today's movie is The Rock. And this Rock. is The Rock. Welcome to the rock. Welcome to the rock. <laughs> We're all going to have to do our Sean Connery impressions at some point during this show, for sure. Um, we uh, are doing something different this week in that we have two guests. This is our first time do having two guests. We uh, uh, think it might be fun. It's such a big movie. Uh, these are how the guests have asked me to introduce them. One of them is a on-again, off-again improviser and cheese enthusiast. And the other is a man who went to Alcatraz in person in elementary school. <laughs> Can you bring out our guests, Liz Jakovsky and Connor Allen? Hi, guys. Hey. So, really, we've almost done our own mini version of The Rock here because we have one person familiar with Alcatraz and the other an expert in chemical engineering or cheese coming together. I don't know. That's a stretch. I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't call myself a chemical engineer by any means, but um, my farts are biological warfare. So there's that. Which one of us is uh, is uh, trying to right a horrible U.S. military wrong by putting chemical <laughs> weapons at a city? Well, oh, that's the, that's where the farts come in. The gas, the gas bombs. Wait, so I'm Ed Harris. Yeah, because you're, you're also about... Nicolas Cage. But I'm also Nicolas Cage. That's a very which would have been a, a great complex movie. role. Nicolas yeah. Cage, I, and I know how to escape from Alcatraz because I went there as a child. Right, so. right. You know, you're definitely Sean Connery. I know the system. I know the interior. Did you, you roll down? Did you roll underneath the the Mario Brothers epi- uh, you know level that they have in the yeah basement? the shooting fire yeah yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. So uh, one thing that we like to ask at the beginning is just to get a sense of uh, how much Nicolas Cage experts you guys are. Chris and I are at uh, 16 and 29 Nicolas Cage movies, respectively. Wow. Um, Liz and Connor, I guess we'll start with you, Connor. How many Nicolas Cage movies have you seen, if you had to guess? <clears throat> I would say not not nearly as many, maybe four or five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm on uh, the same level as Connor. I, I, did, I did a count earlier today and this this would be my sixth that's so interesting i wonder like it maybe uh i feel like it's like mid 90s action movies are where, really where you start to rack up the numbers yeah i know liz you had said you hadn't seen face off or con air before i have seen face off i have yeah. not seen con air but i only saw face off like really recently which is weird because it definitely was like from my time you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. like a lot of people my age or our age saw that movie when it was out, but yeah, it, I don't know. 
Um, all right. So this movie, The Rock, uh, just a little background on this. This is a very successful movie. It was made for $75 million. It made $335 million worldwide. Wow. Um, so I made a lot of money. Uh, it was uh, like middle of the road reviews. Like it wasn't, you know, panned or anything, but it wasn't a great movie. Um, fun fact, it is part of the Criterion Collection. I learned that today. <laughs> what? Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um but it was directed by michael bay uh and it was actually his only his second movie it was after bad boys but right before armageddon so like right before you know this is probably one of the things that made him huge and this is maximum bayham like maximum base right, right. yeah <laughs> uh it's jerry Bruckheimer, don simpson movie uh and then for Nicolas Cage's career, it was right after leaving Las Vegas. So like right after he won an Oscar for a very serious drama. And then <laughs> right before the other movies in the Nick Cage 90s action movie trilogy, Con Air and Face Off. So this is a pivotal turning point in Nicolas Cage's career. I know I say that every movie, but this one. Is. I mean, this was the movie, I think, that like turned him into an action hero. He wasn't before. And this yeah. was the movie that, that did it. So yeah, I think so wait, you were saying this is before Face Off and um, Con Air. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like right movie. before. And I can't yeah. think there wasn't an, another action movie he did before this, right? That 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 was it, I think. Before this, it's just we really have to get a timeline together of these fucking movies. But before this, I think it's just a lot of more, you know, arty. You could look at IMDb. Am I we, allowed to say that? Yes. <laughs> no. If you think about Raising Arizona, right? That's like mm-hmm. late '80s, but I don't know that you would consider that an action movie. I, I mean, he, there are there is a sequence where he's running and shooting, but I don't think that's. Right? He grabs the baby when he's driving a car. I remember that part. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that movie in forever. Yeah, but The yeah, Rock. Looking, yeah, the, the Rock. Okay, so yeah. um, guys, I want to know. So uh, uh, tell me each your background with this movie. Like, have you seen it before? How old are you? What? How does it hold up in your memory? Um, Liz, I don't know. Why don't you start? I had never seen this movie before, nor had I heard of it. You hadn't uh, even heard of it? I had not heard of it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so I came in very fresh. So fresh. So fresh. That's impressive that you went your whole life. Unless, are you like 21? <laughs> I mean, yes, you, you know me very well. Are you, you born in 2000? I, I am 21. <laughs> yes, I was born in the year 2000. No, uh, I'm 33, so I really have no excuse. Um, uh, what about you guys? That's all of Nick Cage's. <laughs> yeah. Actually, in the movie, didn't he say he was 33 in this movie? Or is that another character? Anyway. No. Wait, continue. Liz, I just want to say, you just said that Nick Cage is a vampire. I want to put a pin in that and come back to it at the end of the episode, okay? Okay. That's a preview of our Nick Cage fact for, in the, for the week. All right, uh, Connor, have you seen this movie before? I assume I, Yeah, I had seen it. So as I, I was telling you guys before we started that I was a tour guide for a while in 2017 in San Francisco. And I actually started to get really interested in movies filmed in San Francisco during this time. And it it actually helped with my tour, with my knowledge, but I was doing a lot of, um, a lot of like uh, Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry movies. And then when I cycled through those, I watched, uh, that's when I watched The Rock for the first time. So I saw it pretty late in life and then watched it for a second time this week for this podcast and, um, and enjoyed it even more the second time. 
that, so like when people would come to to San Francisco, did you ever meet anybody? Was there anyone like, hey, is this where the trolley blew up in the rock? Did anyone ever ask that question? <laughs> uh, I don't know if anyone asked the question, but there is a part of the tour where we talk about car chases that have been filmed in San Francisco, and we would um, and we would mention that. <laughs> uh, and then there's also Bullet with Steve McQueen, <laughs> which is older. A lot of times people, like I thought I could impress people with that kind of knowledge, talking about those car chase scenes and people didn't seem to care. They just, they just wanted to know where Union Square was. So, Where, where can do, I get my Trinidale chocolate? Yeah, exactly. Where do they throw the fish? Wait, is that, yeah. is that San That's Francisco? That's Seattle. That's Seattle. That's Seattle. Fuck. <laughs> Goddamn um, Pacific states. What about Jeez. what about you, Chris? When did you uh, when I know you saw this movie at least once before, but I think probably more than once. I mean, ninety six uh, is the year before Batman Forever came out, and in my life, uh, anyone from the area of let's say Taunton, Rhode Island, uh, or Taunton, Mass, Rhode Island, knows of the Silver City Galleria. I don't know if uh, either of you guys. Anyway, that was where we went to go see all our movies, and I remember going to see this movie there, even though it was an R. I was pretty young. Uh, and, uh, you get one of those commemorative soda things. And I think I got like, uh, it wasn't a rock. Oh, maybe it was a rock commemorative with Sean Connery's face on it or something like that. Anyway, but no, I I love this movie. I have a friend. He's the same friend who was obsessed with the wicker man. And we came up with the alternate ending. Uh, I don't know if you remember me talking about that. Or previous listeners. Yeah. Uh, he's also obsessed (laughs) with this movie. And he knows the entire movie, like front to back and quote the entire movie. And like whenever I, there were the memorable quotes in the film, whenever one of the actors would say it, I would just hear it in my friend's voice. I wouldn't hear it in the actor's voice because I've heard him say it so many times, just playing video games with him and stuff. So (laughs) what are some of the quotes that he says a lot? Oh, I'll take pleasure in gutting you, boy. (laughs) Like whenever he kills me in a game, he's always like, I'll take pleasure in gutting you, boy. (laughs) You know? It's a really uh, quotable movie. Oh, it's yeah. So... Yeah. And then uh, Chris and I, so Chris and I actually watched this movie a few months ago. And that, that was your was first just... time, right? No, no, I had seen it before when I was younger, but I don't, I don't really remember much about it. I just knew I'd seen it. Um, but that was actually, because we, we were like, let's just do a Nicolas Cage film series. We're going to be home. So we just started watching Nicolas Cage movies. And then after maybe, what, like four of them, we were like, we should turn this into a podcast. So this was <laughs> one of the one of the last ones we watched and we we tried to save it for a little while because we didn't we wanted to come in fresh like like there's a reason we haven't done adaptation or face off yet because yeah. we saw those very or no, oh no not face off adaptation or con air because we saw those relatively recently um so this was a relatively recent rewatch for us and i think that kind of colored it for me too like i i think i was just like okay well, i know exactly what's about to happen <laughs> um all right if we were going to summarize this movie, just like a very brief summary, what is this movie about? Liz is the newest person to the movie. Tell us. It is about a bunch of flawed people trying their best. You know, <laughs> I feel like Ed Harris, like his character obviously like did an evil thing, but like his intentions were moral but he took an immoral path and then the other like and then sean connery like you think he's going to be an immoral character but he's the most moral character and then nick cage is like yeah just he's probably the the most like straightforwardly like good person in the whole movie but i guess it's just all about people trying to well 
trying to do the right thing. <laughs> the rock is the rock we all roll up the hill over and over again. We're all trying. <laughs> That's actually the log line from the movie. That's the original log line. It's actually written exactly that way. It's really the Sisyphean rock that we all we all push. Right. Yes. <laughs> so so I guess what I was what I was trying to get at was something a little more <laughs> a little more there. concrete, like plot line wise. Is uh, I was gonna say I Liz like, went deep. Liz went I deep. Went, I, I, once I started, uh, I was like, I should probably just say what actually happened. But I was thinking a lot about the character motivations. I think that's great. I, I think, think if we, we want to get it's about how Ed Harris is a terrorist and decides that all these people who are taking a tour in Alcatraz, that he's going to hold them hostage in order to get, I forget the exact amount of money, but a whole uh, lot of money from million. the government. But it's like veterans benefits. For veterans because like they fucked him over and, oh, I'm sorry, can I not say? You can fuck, you can say as many swears as you want. He got, he got after his, his men no nipples. got effed no over nipples. in Baghdad yeah, no and nips. they didn't get like proper burials. And it's all about like him trying to do right by his, his brothers. In the <laughs> and we it's, have, we have uh, Nicholas Cage as the chemical weapons guy who comes along. And we have I, Sean Connery as the former prisoner who escaped. The, pre uh, the premise of this movie though, is really fucked up because he, Ed Harris is just wants veterans benefits and that's it. And the money he wants, the money he's asking the government for much. is, it's, it's from, it's the profits of illegal weapons sales that the government, oh, the right. CIA yeah. conducts. So the CIA yeah. sells weapons to countries. It's not supposed to, and it has money from it. And he's like, use that money for good and they just they're like no we'd rather blow up all those people we can't <laughs> we, we just yeah. our hands are tied it's like um money is more important than human life well and then sean connery's character is also like a basically a political prisoner like he has information that the fbi was trying to like hide right, and he's been held without trial. administration yeah, yeah like, and he never did anything wrong and like by the time he, it's like 30 years later and all that information is pretty much irrelevant but like they it was wanna... something else too, and I love Sean Connery. He's so good in this movie. But when I watched it the second time, this part of me was like, "Man, this character would be like broken inside." <laughs> you know, like they they get him out and they give him a shave and a haircut, and he's like, he's all dapper and poised. And I'm like, if you spent that long in jail for something that you didn't really do, it just seems like you'd be like, you I don't know, twitching. And but he's like, he jumps right back into life. Yeah. You know? Like yeah, he he's is, way too smooth and charming for someone who's like probably been in solitary a bit too, right? Yeah. He's way too good a driver. Yeah. To be, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> to be yeah. someone who was in jail for 30 years. Like he went in at 30 something years old. Right, right. And, and I think I think what they're trying to do with that is like he's just supposed to be this sort of like super comp. Like this is when Chris said to me while I watched it, everybody in this movie is super competent like at their yeah. what, they're good at their like he's just supposed to be he's such a good spy and he's such a good uh, escape artist that like even that doesn't break him he's just like right back to being snappy and throwing people yeah. off balconies and shit I like what? to think that when he was in jail he was practicing some form of meditation that was like preparing him for that moment it's yeah. it's the only way to explain how he still has it together you know yeah because Mike I was watching this with Mike and and um, he was like wait is yeah wasn't he in jail like how is he this like good and I was like well he was a spy like you he, I guess that training is just really deeply ingrained. Like that's how I suspended my disbelief. I was like, he was just really well trained, and it just stuck with him. 
Yeah. Or his daughter kept him going. Like he's like, at least I have some time left with my daughter. I'm gonna try to make that work. I don't know. Like that. Yeah, could and be... he kept in like crazy yeah. shape. He this nurtured a, the hope. That... Recur... Sorry, go ahead. He says, "I nurtured the hope that there was hope." Oh yeah, yeah. That's powerful. <laughs> Poor guy. This is a recurring theme in Nicolas Cage movies is uh, a character being in jail and being propelled by the hope that they get to meet their child afterwards or spend time with their child. Although usually it's Nicolas Cage. That is a really good point. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> Another one. Uh, all right. So let's, let's, let's run through this movie. This is a, unfortunately it's a very convoluted plot. So, so smash cut flaming the rock text military funeral happening. They're yeah. folding the thing, stuff like that. Then Ed Harris under the guise of a military inspection, storms a chemical weapon storage facility and steals 15 rockets of VX gas. <laughs> he then takes them rockets to Alcatraz, and then he sets them up and he points them at San Francisco. I want to. Uh, I want to loop back <laughs> to San Francisco. <laughs> did, you, did you guys catch the gravestone that just said his wife? Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't. I see did that. not see that. It just said his wife. Well, it had a it had a name too, My but it was wife. what is Chris? What is his wife. I think he did the Borat voice. I've had a mosquito in here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chris just wandered off. It's to a go bane of my existence. No, it says his wife. I think the point of that is it's a military grave, and it's supposed to be the the soldiers. The one get gets buried first, and it has a plot uh, next to it for his wife. Oh. Yeah. So okay. he wasn't supposed to live outlive her. He was supposed to. Yeah. Whose grave was that? His what? His his wife's. That's grave. his wife. Yeah. Because like he takes off his ring and <laughs> it says his goes wife. to her grave. <laughs> Who? And wait, he oh, who's, whose whose grave was it though? His wife. But why wouldn't her whose name be on there though? No, Maybe it was on there. It was on there. Yeah. Oh. I, I don't know. Why did his wife die first? Then what? What? What's the significance of this for the movie? I think they needed some exposition, like. Because like the first the, the first the hint you get that like he's up to something is he goes to her grave and he says, I I hope you understand and I hope like that you don't think any less of me oh. what I'm about to do. Yeah. Right? It helps to feel like he has nothing left to lose. Got right. it. Right. That makes right. sense. Okay. Yeah. He was probably planning this for a long time. He was probably like, Once she's dead, I'm doing it. Yeah. Mom is yeah. away. <laughs> the cat will play. <laughs> no. It's like ah no. guys, I wanna do this whole thing, but Oh, um, my wife's gonna be so mad. The old ball and chain. No. Uh, the classic uh, wife won't let me commit terrorism. Ah, guys, oh, women. All right, so we have this this raid on the military base. Um, we, uh, I don't know, a bunch. They of drop a canister. One of the guys gets boils on his face. It explodes, and then they get away. And then they send him up in San Francisco and point him at the the stadiums and shit. Yeah. Then we have uh, we have the whole scene where Nicolas Cage is introduced. We get the isn't he doesn't he like introduce no he's not introduced naked. He is introduced with a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, which is cool. Trying to think of the name of that when I was taking notes, and yeah. I just and I just said, "Oh, marbles." <laughs> ooh, marbles. <laughs> I didn't think of My what notes it was. Say, ooh, like, marbles. Marble machine. But he's he's got this Rube Goldberg machine, but there's somehow a bet too. Like remember, he's like, "You owe me." Like what? Like, yeah. what was that all about? I don't know what the bet was. I couldn't figure out how that bet worked. I think it's just supposed to show like fun stuff 
like in his office, right? Because he's doing yeah. that in the office, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. like a little bullseye and like yeah. he's a yeah. fun, weird, weird, weird chemical dude. That's yeah. he's fun. Ed Harris has nothing to lose. Yes, that's how we established that. Yes. Yeah. We see a... him. Na- oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Oh no, no, no. Was, we see gonna... him naked playing a guitar, still talking about the Beatles. But wait, let's uh, let's cut back to this other. Let, we we skipped over a weird part of this movie that I want to talk about. Oh, did we skip over the chemical thing? The, yeah, the, yeah, that happens the Serbian, at the very top the of the movie. like baby doll. Yeah. Ooh. Well, who? I want to talk about this other guy who was in the tank with him. Who was this guy? Why was he totally clueless? Why would they put him in there with the poison if he had no clue what he was doing? What were his qualifications? He didn't even know what the injectable yeah. thing was. That guy was not competent. And he was like, ooh, a doll, a doll. And he kept playing with it. And it's like, who the hell was he? Suspicious package. Don't play with it. I don't know. I almost feel like it kind of serves to show that Nick Cage is, because he was relatively poised compared to that guy. Yeah. And that guy being scared, right? And he's like, oh, it's burning. He's he's like, he holds up his hands. Yeah. He's like, it's burning through my thing. It's like, it's showing you like how dangerous this chemical agent is. Can be. I think that's that's that guy's whole. whole role. It's, it's like Chekhov's gun, but it's like Chekhov's right. chemical agent. Yeah, also, like, later like, in the film, he is conveniently available to look something up for Nick Cage. As yeah. you recall, when Nick Cage is like trying to get uh, Sean Connery's address. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that guy has nothing left to lose. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, uh, we see, uh, they bring uh, one thing that is they bring a bunch of cockroaches into the um, the chemical room. Uh, we haven't oh, yeah. aired this episode yet, but we did record our Vampire's Kiss episode, which features a cockroach heavily. And we learned that Nicolas Cage hates cockroaches, hates them. So, so brave. So Such a brave. Yeah, I, I literally wrote, like, while I was watching this, I wrote, wait, why are there, why are there roaches? Like, I don't I, understand. I feel like the a roaches cockroach- serve to- <laughs> Go ahead. But I, I feel like a cockroach is not going to be the thing you want as your canary in the coal mine. You exactly. want a canary. A cockroach is going to outlive you. You can behead a cockroach. They die of starvation yeah. when you behead them. <laughs> yeah, they live. That's like the whole thing about cockroaches. They so what survive, the hell? So right. it's a great point. I guess it's it shows to, it goes to show once again, like Connor was saying, how dangerous the chemical is. That it's, <laughs> killing, yeah. it's killing the roaches. It's a serious chemical. Serious chemical. We get. All right, we get now we get naked cage playing a guitar. Uh, it finds out his wife is pregnant. I feel like everything we're coming through, we're like, well, this serves the plot in this way, and the wife being pregnant serves the plot in that it gives him stakes for not wanting the city of San Francisco destroyed, other than just not wanting the city of San Francisco destroyed, which seems like enough <laughs> to me. But uh, was he really naked? I, I swear he was not naked in what in. Uh, the version that I watched. He could have had boxers on, but it you was. But he has his shirt off on them. His shirt's yeah, off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I watched it on Hulu, so I don't know if they like uh, <laughs> slapped clothes on or what. I did too. I did too, and I remember his shirt being off. Maybe you're just blocking it out. Maybe I blocked it out. He's okay. definitely wearing socks. I did notice he was wearing socks. Okay. But if he's wearing shorts, they're real tiny. Cage fucks with socks on. <laughs> we. Uh, what's it called? Yes, yeah, so we have the pregnant girlfriend. This is a recurring theme in Cage movies, Wild at Heart, Con Air as well. Um, at least in this movie, he doesn't fucking stroke her stomach and put his head next to it. Also <laughs> uh, his girlfriend too. He, you know, later on you find out. You know, we'll talk about this later. She's the prom queen, 
implies <laughs> that they've been together important since, plot point <laughs> they may have been together since high school that's not how i took it okay like she just I took on it her to own mean, like sean connery's saying you if you you know hesitate then you don't get to fuck the prom queen or whatever and i think nick cage is saying like my, the, my fiance like was the prom queen when she was in high school and maybe he wasn't that kind of kid in high school and he was a nerd but like now he's cool enough to like fuck the prom uh you know what I, I mean? That's oh, how so I, I agree. It. I think you're right. I also they yeah. they definitely when you watch this movie and you think the character they're trying to set Nick Cage up to be is like this nerdy nerdy character. Right. But they like he's not playing it that way at all. So it's like hard to like if you would put like imagine like a nerdiest like if you put the guy from Parks and Rec, um Ben Wyatt. Adam Scott. Adam Scott, Scott yeah. in this role. I feel like it would have been a much more different, like Adam Scott with a gun, like not even knowing what to do would be like kind of a cool thing, you know? It would be more yeah. of a comedy then. Yeah. I think that's what they were kind of going for. And then just slap Nick Cage yeah, in there. I, yeah. They couldn't like, I feel like they, they, they wanted him to be nerdy in it, but like he, it seems like he didn't want to act that way like he's just like shirtless the guitar and he's like i'm a beatles head and like i don't know i'm like i don't i don't know what he was going for there but yeah, like, he's more I, of like an unlikely action hero than a nerd right. yeah. yeah yeah which makes sense for his first action hero movie it's a good a good little transition <laughs> right, right. there um so uh then we get um we end up in the rock we got ed harris's team infiltrating the rock they take some tourists hostage um and we get uh the first of many side characters that are like real minor characters that are just like fucking second city alums or some shit you know what i'm talking about like <laughs> like they're just like oh i have this minor part but i'm gonna make it as big and crazy as i can just like, like uh, <laughs> character, like uh, saying like a one-off, like throwaway line from the jail cell. Well, crap. you know who's you know who's in the jail cell. Uh, one of the jail cells is Lunell from Borat, the um, the first one, and she's she's also like a pretty well-known standout. She's like she's in one of the cells. Yeah, um, she's actually, if I'm not mistaken, she's actually from Oakland. Oh, she is. She's from the Bay Area, yes. and when I was a kid. Uh, there was a public access television show called Soul Beat, and we would watch it. And she was on that show. She would host a show. It was like a very basic, like public access um, TV station where they would just take a request on a landline. You would call in, and you'd be like, "Hey, can you play this song?" And then they would play it. And so, as kids, we had the number memorized, and we would prank call the shows. And they couldn't stop any. And they couldn't stop it from happening because it was just like one person there, like picking up the phone. If, it's like if Chris just picked up a phone. Anyway, that <laughs> this poor woman. I don't know if we ever crank called her show, but she was on. I remember seeing her on that, like in oh, the eighties. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's see. This is this is Connor brings that local. I know so that local, yeah, flair. local insight. Yeah. yeah. The um the the character I was actually most struck by, as I'm sure you guys were too, was also was Ranger Bob. Ranger yeah, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. He's Wait, the guy. Who's, he's giving the Liz is like I do not recall what <laughs> the the, the he's guy like you're all locked up in here. 
and that's oh it. yeah oh yeah he was really chewing the scenery <laughs> they yeah. have a slow a slow pan up from his socks one is all the way up one is down like he's got one of the great lines in the movie when uh, right when they're showing up to st- take hostages and they kind of sneak up on him from behind and he goes what's wrong fellas you don't, you're not enjoying the tour <laughs> and this poor guy doesn't know that he's about to get taken hostage oh my god uh, yeah. My favorite one-off character we have a clip of later is the driver of the yes. uh, the, the trolley car. The trolley driver. He is that the most. Guy, yeah. That He's guy. The best. I was saying to Mike, I was like, that guy definitely still has that like in his reel. Like <laughs> that is his moment. We uh um oh my god, we have so much more to get before the even trolley car dude shows up. We uh, uh we've got everybody in the. I'm cruising because I think there's more meat in the second half of this. Uh, we got everybody in the um, in the cells. We got Ed Harris calling the director of the FBI, who is played by. Hold, on, I need to look up his name. The guy, uh, the guy from uh, the West Wing. John Spencer, love John Spencer. He played Leo on the West Wing. I don't know if you guys watched that. Never watched the West Wing. Oh, he's so he's so he's so good on. But I mean, this guy is like just I've seen him in a he's in a million things. Yeah. 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 So he's the FBI guy. (laughs) And and there was a part too where uh, you um, I think uh, we I know I know like we're moving we're moving on. But do you remember when you you said this during the movie where like he asked the little kids to tell their teacher to like hey just get back on the boat and like you're like there's a better way to do it than that. Yeah. (laughs) Like what? What are they gonna do? Just immediately leave because kids suggested that they leave? <laughs> They're gonna be like, "Fuck you, kid. We got we're at Alcatraz. We, we came all the way here on the boat. We got your signed permission slips. Like, we're not going anywhere." Like, it's meant to establish that Harris is being like a good guy, but like, yeah. it makes him, you know, look not very thoughtful. I think if he really wanted the kids to be safe, he would go up to the teacher and be like, "Hey, I'm about to do a, a terrorism. So He's why like, don't you?" <laughs> Wait, can I use this moment to throw out quick Alcatraz trivia? Because speaking of the tour guide, because the tour guide has it wrong. He says no one's ever escaped from Alcatraz. Just real quick, if you ever want to nerd out, some people already know about um, the escape that happened in 62 with uh, the two brothers, Clarence Anglin and John Anglin and Frank Frank Morris. They created... um, they put like dummy heads in their beds to trick the guards into thinking that they were asleep. And then they got out of their cells uh, and they got into like a little raft that they had made out of raincoats that they tied together. And then no one's ever seen them since. Holy shit. And there's like, and if you really want to go down a rabbit hole, right, there's like a theory that they survived. And um, like uh, the Anglin brothers were, have lived in South America and other parts of the US and that they have shown up like at their parents' funerals dressed as women <laughs> to disguise themselves, right? They've And they've sent Christmas cards to their family. If you want to go down a deep, dark hole, check it out. It's kind of interesting. And then there was a guy, one more thing, just I'll use my little- um, Do it. Oh, this is gold. Here's my favorite one. There was a guy named John Paul Scott who escaped um, he got off the island, um, swam across. Uh, I'm just trying to look at the year. Uh, also in 1962, he made it all the way across the bay. Um, uh, and he was found on a little beach right by Golden Gate Bridge. 
later that morning passed out from hypothermia and exhaustion. He was found by these two teenagers. So this poor guy got all the, he got off the Island, made it to the other side, but he was so incapacitated that he couldn't do anything once he got to shore and they brought him right back to jail. Well, so, uh, the two kids called the cops. The yeah, these te- well, these teenagers were like, there's this guy that looks like he's dying on the shore. Maybe they uh, called 911, but this, so, yeah. so this guy did make it off. He did escape alive. Wow. So that's, that's, they should have so just close. given him his freedom for that. I mean, he earned it. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. how I feel. I'm like, if you've made it that far, you deserve to get out of there. Yeah, what's sad is, is that guy remained in Alcatraz, and then when Alcatraz closed, they transferred him to Leavenworth, and then he ended up, he was in a few other prisons, and he died in prison. He never, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Do you have any I'm other? Sorry if I Alcatraz? killed the vibe. I'm sorry if no, I no, no, no. <laughs> Tell us, do you have any more other Alcatraz facts? I feel like we should we should find out everything you know. Well, those are just the one, the main ones that I have about people. I just think it's interesting, especially the guys, the Anglin brothers and Frank Morris. I think it's really interesting that it's really up in the air. A lot of people think that they did escape mm. and, um, and that Alcatraz covered it up and tried to make it seem like, no way, these guys got swept out to sea and hid a lot of facts. I wonder and if it's that's just, a little how, how they got inspired for Sean Connery's character, because like they refused to acknowledge that he escaped. Yeah. yeah. But what's interesting is the FBI, like if you look it up, the FBI, they have still never closed the case. So that case, like about those three guys remains, they would be in their like late 80s now, but the case remains uh, open. So. You know, that's on the microfilm. Yeah. And with- on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this podcast is going on the microfilm. <laughs> the pew so all right so now we are 25 minutes into the movie i know we are 25 minutes into the movie because that is when sean connery first shows up in 25 minutes into the movie that he's first that he's top building um and we get a bunch of i think some of my favorite scenes in the movie which are like when sean connery is just sort of scheming and like he, they, they take him out of jail and they put him in the interrogation room and he fucking owns the room despite being in handcuffs and looking like a crazed mountain man. <laughs> yeah, he looks like I, Christopher yeah. Cross in Blade. Sorry, Chris Christopherson in, in Blade. Christopher, Christopher Cross? <laughs> Christopher nah, Cross. You get the song Sailing. sailing? You get the song Sailing. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Okay, I thought it was right. just me. I was thinking of that song. They're like, both musicians. <laughs> All right. Hey. Chris. Some doves. Some doves. Uh, I think everyone should look up what Christopher Cross looks like. <laughs> for, uh... <laughs> Christopher Cross versus Chris Christopherson. Honest mistake. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Sean Connery shows up. He cons him into taking to a fancy hotel, getting a haircut, and then he hangs the dude off the side of the balcony as a distraction who. I, you know, like to, so he could run out and try to see his daughter. Can we just, I just need to pause for a moment and say that like the most nineties thing about this movie was the extremely stereotypical gay stylist Uh, that they, uh, that they use just for like, like a laugh. Yeah. For comedic effect and like, didn't need to be there. And was just like, it was just, I was like, yep, this movie was made in the mid nineties. That's Harlan Williams. I don't even think Harlan Williams is gay. Was that uh, Harlan Williams? That was Harlan sure? Williams. Yeah. Harlan Williams was, oh, the, was the, the stereotypical. Yeah. It was bad. It was that was, bad. <laughs> uh, oh. 
Let me make sure. What has he gone on to be in? Because he did look familiar to me. He was in yeah. a really terrible SNL movie with um, with uh, Molly Shannon. Where he, uh, the, superstar. Superstar. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And he, uh, are you sure that's him, Chris? I don't think that was him. No, I'm Harlan totally wrong. It's not Harlan Williams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually Christopher Cross. It's Christopher Cross, yeah. <laughs> No, all right, hold on. I was gonna IMDb. This guy. All right, what's what's the name of this the actor? Did you find the name of the actor from the actual movie? No, I haven't found. He's been a lot. He's been in a lot of things though. That guy. He's been on like sitcoms. I've seen him around a lot. The dude who is a hairdresser from The Rock. This is the best thing about having this like live is we can just Google shit. (laughs) The Rock. But yeah, he's one of the he's one of the people on my list of like the side characters that are just so over the top. He's like, this is my moment. It's just it's very much very much the style of this movie is like they're just gonna have all sorts of like just oh it's it's fun Anthony things Clark. to look at. What's his name? Anthony Clark. Well, oh. What do we know about Anthony Clark? He's he's oh yeah he's uh what's he been in recently? He's West been- of Liberty. My uncle Raphael. I don't know. He's been in some uh, sitcoms. Boston Common? Hmm. Yes, dear. He was on Ellen right before The Rock. So this this does seem to be, yeah, he's like a sitcom dude, uh, not really a movie dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for him. I think he's a stand-up, <laughs> too. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, you know, poop on people's parade. I just I just thought it was funny, and it's a very, it feels like a very 90s uh, effect to be, like, let's have, like, a flamboyant gay guy for comedic effect. Make sure that, like, you know, he, like, cowers in a corner when things happen, and it's like, eh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's another Michael Bay situ- trope, I think, is maybe it is i don't know i'm going by con air in this movie because there was that one character in con air that the gay uh the gay prisoner who was like yeah. i'm gonna wear a dress now but you know what who's to say yeah <laughs> another side note speaking of like 90s and early 2000s actors is one of the marine uh people one of the like terrorists uh, was John C. McGinley, who plays yeah. uh, Dr. Cox in Scrubs. Yeah. Oh, he's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets he gets his feet lit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> he dies uh, from foot fire. Love it. John yeah. C. McGinley uh, was in the movie Platoon with... Uh, with Michael J. Fox. Uh, oh, Charlie Sheen. Tony Todd. Tony Todd is the other... Um, is one of the other evil military guys. He's the guy that gets. Tony Todd is the candy man. Yes. He's the guy that gets shot, literally shot with the missile. They were in the movie Platoon together. Oh, is shit. it time for there's that clip, Meg? Uh, let's, oh, let's did say... I just spoil it by giving? No, I, I, no, 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 I mean, no. There's no spoiling this movie. this movie. Let's let's save it for chronologically. We've actually cut, mentioned a bunch of the big clips that we have. There, there's so many good um, minor characters in this. Like, uh, yeah, Tony Todd is awesome. Uh, Bokeem Woodbine, who. Yeah. I uh, was in Fargo and something else they saw recently. It's great. Um, the guy who plays um, kind of like Ed Harris's second in command. Yeah. I uh, don't recall his. No, David Morse is in everything. He's yep. super familiar. Yeah, he's he's in everything. Just a lot of a lot of like uh, dudes, character actor dudes in this movie. Yeah, it's like I've seen this guy before. Oh yeah, this yeah. guy, that guy. 
Yeah. Let's so like sorry. So he's at the hotel. He busts out. Car chase. Unreasonable car chase. So much property oh damage happens. Yep. People getting totally fucked up. Uh, to just to see his daughter for like five minutes when he could have just asked as one of his yeah, demands. I mean, he was able to negotiate into the like hotel. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like you didn't need that would have to... been much more reasonable. And also, speaking of that trolley driver in that card scene, we don't ever see the trolley driver leave the trolley, but we do see it lift up in the air and explode. And then I was like, "Is this poor guy dead?" But then, but then you see him a few minutes later, like crying and hugging it. Yes. <laughs> We got the clip. It's time. It's time for the <laughs> time clip. For our first clip. Uh, I've titled this clip The Trolley Problem. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, are we to assume he jumped out? I don't know. I we'll, think we'll examine the evidence. <laughs> he got in the driver's bunker that they have that's fireproof. All right, here, here we go. And these guys, yeah. Like what? How did how did he get out? Okay, did he? Did Nick Cage shoot his airbag? Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> Shoots his airbag. He shot his airbag. Like, how how did we? Just gloss past that, because that's that's so good. <laughs> that seems like a really bad idea. Wait, wait. He's aiming the gun straight down. He's gonna shoot his testicles. So that's a thought that <laughs> it's I gonna go that. straight through the air, right, <laughs> right to the nards. Also, like I would rather, honestly, if this thing's coming at me and it's just sliding, I would rather be in the car than on the ground next to the car, because it's really just gonna point. roll right over you. But I don't. Yeah. You know. Like you have the metal frame and you have an airbag and you're just like that's a lot more insulation than just like being in front of a trolley that's it's just yeah it's all straight it, for you. In this universe, though, an empty parked car has enough rocket propellant in it to lift up a like two ton trolley like twenty feet into the air for for moments, not even for a split second, for like, you know, it's hovering. It's like, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it is kind of a cool touch, though, that he calls it his baby, because uh, in San Francisco right now, like I've ridden on buses before and subway trains. Right. And like some drivers are into it. Some drivers aren't. But trolley like folks that drive trolleys in San Francisco, it's like a great passion. And they uh, take it's serious. It's like they take great pride in it. And it's like one of the marbles of, you know, the city. And so I, that's totally realistic that he would call it his baby. Do you, you see all his um his buttons on it i wonder what all those buttons were like do you think he's a real trolley driver I didn't see it. let me see if i can uh <laughs> get, get i mean maybe like okay if they got lunel who's like a local maybe this guy's also like a local bay area person and they're like yeah you know like so he knows he knows the deal with like trolley drivers being hardcore the uniform definitely looks yes. very authentic yeah he's got some buttons i what i loved was there was no policy for escape it was just save yourselves like jump off <laughs> yeah he didn't have any emergency no procedures he's like we're gonna yeah. die what one thing that we didn't get in the clip which happens right before this is that a very stereotypical old woman in a <laughs> in a walker crosses in front of the car and then also in this clip we see like 
a fleet of uh, wheelchair athletes just zooming down this. Like, it's really like, yeah. they're, like they're like brainstorming, like, what's what are the most uh, high stakes thing we can have cross and like I'm I'm shocked there's not a baby carriage rolling across the or, road or the guys w- carrying the pane of glass back and forth or like shit right. like that. Boxes I don't know if you could go back and pause it, but when I watched this, I remarked that the old the old lady, uh, if you look closely, I think it actually just looks like a young actress dressed up to look like an old. In a yes. wig, yeah, totally. Yes. Like and a part of me was like, they couldn't find an older an old woman to do this. I don't know. I, I wrote the most fake looking old lady yeah. ever crossing the street. Like, Definitely. <laughs> Like I thought that I thought that was gonna be one of the terrorists, you know, like when they just like throw everything off and there's like two machine guns. Like I yeah. thought it was gonna be one of those, but or that was that was somehow Sean Connery and he pulled the slip and he like got around and dressed like an great. old lady. It's like a college student with a cane, is what it is. <laughs> oh my god. We uh uh the, that was so, that guy. There, the, so uh, we we right after this we have the the reunion with Sean Connery and his daughter, and then we actually have another clip. Uh, we all the clips are like from the second half of this uh the cut this is a very short clip where what he says to sean connery after he like basically saves his him in his daughter's eyes kind of okay this is the clip of uh yes i don't want to say it okay just what do you say we cut the chit chat (laughs) a-hole that's it (laughs) his emphasis like in these he he puts some emphasis in really funny really funny owns ways. it he really truly he really owns, owns it. it there's um there's something actually in the trivia for this is that his character doesn't swear um whose character oh shit yeah. whose character oh. what, what just happened i, I, I didn't, didn't mean, mean to do that, that. i had to tell them by accident you have you still have the effect on I do, I do right, right now? now. Yes. No, not right now. Now, now. now, now you're okay. good. Now you're, good. you're right, Meg. I noticed um, throughout that he kept saying "freeze, sucker" or "freeze, Mister." That was like <laughs> his go-to. Not swear. I don't know his go-to like badass thing he said whenever he was holding a gun. It's like this is, and he says "G whiz" a lot too. Yes. Weird. Uh, you've got Is some compliments like on contract? your background. Huh? I was just going to say to, uh, sorry, to, to, to totally off track. I was neglecting the chat this whole time. And Connor, you have some compliments on your background from uh, Shane. Anyway, yeah. sorry to oh, interrupt. Nice. I'll continue. Oh, my gosh. All right. So where are we at in the movie, guys? What happens next? Uh, this is like, they well. officially start the shit. They're like, all right, now that you're done talking to your daughter who from Mall Rats, total smoke show. Uh, now you, you now you could go and uh, uh, help us yeah, break. We haven't even thing. gone to Alcatraz at this point. We haven't even infiltrated Alcatraz, which is most of the movie. This is such a long fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, this is like one of those movies that did it. It's like you could have cut this whole first part out. Yeah, the car chase is totally unnecessary. <laughs> but we needed the stakes. Mistakes. And we needed to see that trolley go up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We needed it. I I thought the the part that uh with what's it called in the hotel room uh where he orders all the room service and he's singing, make sure you have flowers in your hair, like whatever. <laughs> right, right. Like that was like so cartoonish and stupid. Like, and they like 
you know, of course, why is there a phone next to the shower? Why did they pay for right. it? Why are they like, oh, hey, uh, uh, distraction. Let's eat this food. All right, cool. It was just also, fun. if you look at the amount of food that shows up, it would have taken him 10 minutes to order that. He's <laughs> like, can I get room service? And then there's like a buffet 10 minutes later. With like no menu. He ordered with no menu. Yeah. He, was he just probably like, just said, bring up like as much fancy shit as you can. I want I want a $500 worth of the best food you have. Or... Yeah, yeah. He's like, you got snacks. And then the fucking lobster shows up. <laughs> but he asked for snacks. snacks. Oh, my God. So, yeah, now they're at the command center, and uh, they're all getting briefed. We have a, a good Sean Connery quote uh, when uh, they ask him for his help. He says, you're between the rock and a hard case. Right. <laughs> he, yeah. he just, he, he could see, he was like, why? He's like, why am I saying this? <laughs> Give me my money. <laughs> um. Then they go to the rock and we have a lot of like Nick Cage being bumbling and bad at, you know, not being a good uh, FBI agent. Apparently he can't swim. I guess. Which is like, doesn't come up again in the movie, but I Oh, I, but doesn't it though, Liz? Does it? At the end when he's floating. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yep. Yep. You're right. When he gets right. exploded. I think okay. that was part of that whole narrative that the original script called for a more nerdy guy. Like yeah, the, the expectations yeah. were, but like, really, Nick Cage is like already kind of half action hero. You're like, he could rise to the occasion, but it would have been such a cooler movie. I mean, it wouldn't have been a cooler movie, but it would have been a cool movie if, if it was somebody like I, I'm trying to think who in '96 would have, like uh, Matthew Lillard. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or or David Arquette. Yeah, David Arquette. We're just going through the, the scream cast. Let's just go down the just, screen. I'm looking at Campbell. It should have been Neff yeah, Campbell. It should have been, been, been Neff Campbell. Oh, man. Imagine just like a Drew teenage Barrymore. girl, a teenage uh, Drew Barrymore playing opposite Sean Connery in this movie. Ugh. It, I'd watch it. It would be a weird, but it would be a father-daughter situation. Like, you know, he learns how to, and you know, whatever. Maybe she's an orphan. I don't know. So usually, usually I'm in the trivia, they say who else was offered the role. Um, but I don't, there's no one else in this trivia that says they were offered Nicolas Cage's role. However, Arnold Schwarzenegger was offered Sean Connery's role. Oh, wow. oh that wouldn't have been good. Wow. I don't this think is actually the good. third movie where we've had Arnold Schwarzenegger being offered a part and not taking it because Face Ooh. Off and uh, I believe Vampire's Kiss, which we haven't released the episode for yet, Arnold Schwarzenegger was supposed to be in it. Has he been in movies with Nicolas Cage at all? Or is it the kind of thing where maybe he just doesn't like Nicolas Cage? <laughs> No, like he would be playing the Nicolas Cage part. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant like he kept getting offered roles opposite Nicolas Cage and saying no. And then I was like, I wonder if there's some beef there. I mean, they're just two of the same at this point. (laughs) I think it's like two of the same things. Like you, it'd be like, I want this flavor of action movie versus this flavor of action movie. Like Schwarzenegger versus a Cage style action movie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could have them both in the same movie, but it'd be, it'd be like a, tango and cash situation yeah see when oh. you were saying it earlier i really thought you meant that schwarzenegger would have been sean connery's part and oh that's what i said yeah no oh, okay the yeah. other two movies it would have been nicholas cage but this it would have been uh yeah. sean connery. that would have been a rewrite because it would have been like he didn't work for the the british he worked for the austrian secret service <laughs> the ass as it were <laughs> the ass 
Um, we gotta get moving through this plot. It oh is already God. an hour of the show. We gotta get cranky. I'm just trying to make sure we have a little all right. time for fun along the so, way. So, we, we're all right, we're on Alcatraz. We we took some snorkel well, machines. The snorkel machines, yeah. They take the snorkel machines. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. The second snorkel machine in a Nicolas Cage movie. He, if you guys have seen Gone in 60 Seconds, at some point he jumps off the Intrepid and National Treasure. National Treasure. Uh, never mind. Wow. Getting those wires crossed. Too <laughs> that many famous cage scene is gone in sixty seconds where he jumps up. You know how you get gone real quick? You jump in the ocean, then you're gone. <laughs> uh, oh my god, we got a bunch of we got that the shower room massacre. That's a big one. Oh man, brutal. Oh, yeah, that's a very oh. scene. I I just really think that this whole the whole message of this movie up into that shower room that shower room massacre was like. You know, the government was the bad guys up until that point. Yeah. And it's like And then they slaughter and then you see these guys slaughter their own, you know. Yeah, then you're yeah. like, "Oh, okay." And I don't think Ed Harris ever really intended for that to happen. He didn't want it cuz the the rock it's like literally... a brick dropped and there's yeah. a whole subdynamic between uh what's his name Tony Todd, uh the guy, the candy man and uh Bokeem Woodbine and then this other white guy who I referred to as PETA in my head because he looks like that guy from the Hunger Games. So those three dudes are like the real evil dudes that are working under Ed Harris and they're trying to undermine him and eventually they kill him. Yeah, I've been, th I, you, the guy you call Peter, I, I was calling him crazy eyes. Because <laughs> like whenever in that one scene where they're taught, like we where they're like, we want the money. His eyes, like he looks deranged. Um, yeah. 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 He's definitely got, yeah. supposed to be like the chaotic evil. Like he's supposed to be the evil one for sure. The guy that um, the lead Navy SEAL commander, uh, the good guy who's there in the shower. Um, oh, the, guy uh, from the Terminator? shower scene. Yeah, that's Michael Bay in Terminator. Yeah, you already had him. Yeah, originally. Sorry, no, sorry, yeah. I don't remember the actor's yeah. name, but it was the dude. In yeah, Terminator. I think it's Michael Bain. That's how you pronounce his last name. Wait, his name was Michael Bain. Um, B. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at it. it's B I E H N. It's like so close to Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Yes, so far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I stepped on that there. I didn't realize. I, I should have realized that's where you were going. Oh, God. Yeah, douche, I douche have nothing move. left to add. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's also really sad when um, they all get killed, but then there's Nick Cage, Sean Connery, and then that one, only one Navy SEAL, that younger dude stays down there with him. And then right. Nick Cage is like, don't go up there because he can hear all his friends getting slaughtered. And then he goes up there anyway. And then his dead body falls. And that's rough. He's like, this don't go up big... there. And he just goes up there. He goes up there. Big turning point in the movie because now Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery are on their own. Yeah. 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 Um, and he's got to convince uh, Sean Connery to stay. Uh, and uh, they, so he tries to convince him. Then there's a bunch well, of tunnel we, explosions. We, we, we crossed. We crossed. What did we cross? We didn't cross point. the clip yet. Is it, wait, no, no, no. We we glossed over the greatest part ever, which was when he rolls under the furnace. That that didn't make any sense. Oh, oh so yeah. true. Oh. So true. Like, why was there a giant thing with these huge gears and flamethrowers shooting underneath it that made no fucking sense whatsoever? This is not an active prison anymore. This is a tourist attraction. Why is there a massive crazy furnace <laughs> yeah like why is it still going i think it heats the island when i went there as a kid like we had to roll under that also so I think it, uh, 
But if you have the timing down, as Sean Connery demonstrates, it's not a problem. And as a, a child, guy, did you have to memorize the the timing? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You just count to five, and then two, and then Give ten. Give it away. <laughs> yeah, shit. Now everyone's gonna break in. Yeah, Alcatraz. Well, I uh, just love that part. I just thought it was so stupid, but. And they the, think that he's betrayed him, betrayed them, but then he's like, "Welcome to the Rock." That's my bad. I can't do a very good Connor. Did you I say that to all... anyone? What? As, as a tour guide, did you ever say that to anyone, Connor? Welcome to the Rock. No, we didn't actually. We never went to the island. Uh, that was the thing, because I was a tour guide on a double decker bus. But at times, we would drive, and you could see the island from from the bus. <laughs> but I never said that. Just <laughs> a chance. Um, okay i'm glad we backtracked for that moment anyway. i think that was important chris so now now we have the i would say the big turning point in uh, we cut the status A-hole. sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> oh the big change in the change in status Oh, oh so yeah. This is, this maybe is I, maybe I should stop trying to telepathically tell you what clip. Oh, I'm I know. Trying. I know what clip it is. I know what clip it is. I'm just. I'm trying to remember if this. Yeah, this is the part right after the, right after the uh, the massacre, and he conv- He's already convinced him to help, right at this point. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so this is a famous part. You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Carla was the prom queen. Really? Yeah. Cocks the gun. <laughs> then he <laughs> shoots his balls off. <laughs> he goes. <laughs> He's just so used to shooting down at airbags that he just shoots his own yeah. balls. No, seriously, I could see how there could be confusion. Like, did he know her in high school, or, or <laughs> we already talked. We already, we already talked. She's been waiting <laughs> on that ring a long time. If that's the case, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, they... she's like ten years younger than him. So, right. <laughs> oh, we're we're getting there, guys. We're getting there. So, <laughs> we we have a bunch of fights. There's a fight in like an office morgue area. There's a a minecart chase. Um, my one of my favorite parts of the movie is this minecart chase because why? Why is I, there a system of minecart? Why is there a minecart? Yeah. The <laughs> underneath of Alcatraz prison is an Indiana Jones movie. Like yeah, there's probably uh, yeah. a temple. They built it on top of a fucking temple. That's what this yep. movie is showing. And this is all gonna be seawater, but there's waterfalls and shit down there. I don't know what's going on. Also, a cistern, which, like, a cistern, I think, is has to do with, like, you know, uh, ir- like, not irrigation, but, like, you know, a, a wastewater system, right? So, like, how many fucking people were in Alcatraz that they needed, like, a, a, mun- like a city-sized sewer system that you could walk inside? You know what I mean? Like, and not just, like, you Somebody's know. Somebody's a civil engineer, right? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't just have, like, a leaching field. With, you know, a septic tank and that all. Come on, guys. Am I right? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what we've all been saying. I mean, it That's was the 60s. Was it was the 60s. It was just probably a pipe that dumped directly into the ocean with no treatment on it. You know, that was probably the case. <laughs> this shit was literally pouring into the ocean. But yeah, we, we, gonna, we have a... Uh, sorry, go ahead, Chris. We're going to watch this uh, this mining scene. Well, before we do, we have a comment from the chat which from our friend Shane, which says, winners go home and fuck the 
prom queen is disturbingly stupid. I don't think we've really established whether this is disturbingly stupid or not, but I'm inclined to agree. I, I think it speaks to um, the, the view of women in this movie, which is they are just there as a status symbol, like his girlfriend, fiance, whatever, does not have a point of view in this movie at all. She is a plot device and she is there to show like, he may be a nerdy scientist, but like his, he, he bagged the prom queen and he is becoming an action hero. It's so. also, it's all, yeah. So it's also motivation. It's like, she's not exactly being fridged cause she's, you know, ends up being fine. But like, that's the motivation for his character is to save his uh, girl, his hot, his hot prom girlfriend. queen girlfriend. Right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, save the girl. Yeah. What would an updated thing that's more socially conscious be that he could say here? Like, when you go home and do their homework, I don't know. Like, what I mean, he said. whatever. I, it, it's it's his character. He's a he's an old man who was a spy and like you know he's hardcore. Been in solitary prison for thirty years. Yeah, yeah like he's he, his character out. doesn't have a great view of women. I'm not saying he needs to have a great view of women. It's just interesting. Also, yeah. he's backed up, if you know what I mean. But he's back up. <laughs> but to Chris's point, though, like I feel like there are sort of deep sayings around the idea of like, don't you know what I mean? Like it's like Yoda, like says, uh, right? He's like, there is no there try. is no try. Yeah, he could say something along those lines. You know? Yeah. I mean? In fact, he could have turned to him and said, "Use the force." <laughs> okay, he does say something from another movie, though. Now that we're on this topic, he says, "I'm too old for this." Oh. And I was like, "Was this a reference?" to lethal weapon or did this happen before or after lethal weapon like after lethal weapon one it's definitely after yeah. yeah so was it like sort of a little bit of a wink <laughs> could have been yeah it might have been because there's another line in the movie when he meets uh stanley goodspeed he uh he says i'm agent stanley goodspeed or whatever and uh mason says but of course you are which is a reference when he meets plenty o'toole in the scene in a scene in diamonds are forever when oh. he's gone. Plenty O'Toole. I love I love the part where uh, Sean Connery's trying to get away, and he's like, I-, "I can't do anything." He has a gun, and the guy goes, "What do you got? A fucking squirt gun over there?" Like, like you know, <laughs> the guy in the radio. <laughs> we have some suggestions from the chat. Winners go home and eat apple pie. Winners go home, <laughs> run a warm Epsom salt bath. Winners go home and bath bomb with their chicken. No, with their rubber ducky. Winners go home and have a chicken dinner. What's the name uh, of the guy from the from the the uh, the boys? Uh, the Australian butcher. guy, butcher, or, or you mean the the, uh, the, the actor Earth Carl Urban. Urban? Carl Urban. When he turns his head and he's like, "You're brushed." It's like very Carl Urban in the boys vibes, where he's always like, yeah. like you know, he always does that like <laughs> that's that look to the people when he's about to say something. <laughs> anyway, I just thought of him. Uh, all right. So, winner, taken... winner, chicken dinner, you bastard. <laughs> Says I think Mike. that apple pie line is kind of good. If you turn to him and he'd been like, "Winner, go home and eat a nice apple pie," and then, <laughs> and then a fun thing in that movie. And then he's and like, also, "My girlfriend is an apple pie." Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's kind of a double entendre because you know. And then he has weird shit about sex in this movie and in other movies, and he compares sex to food a lot in movies. So Mm, I could eat apple pie. I could eat a peach for hours. You know, yeah. I would love it if Connery just after he said it produced a slice of pie and took a bite out of it and then just went back away. (laughs) He never saw it again. 
to show um, he's a winner. We've got another hostage. It's a hostage is taken. Sean Connery gives himself up to save this hostage. And uh, then they all get thrown into into prison cells. Oh. Uh, after, ready for the clip? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is this going to be the quote? Yeah. Uh, I hit the wrong button. Uh, here's here is the next clip from uh, the movie. Watch your life. You don't take pleasure in gutting you, boy. I take pleasure in gutting you, boy. I'll take pleasure in gutting you. <laughs> I'll take pleasure in gutting you, boy. It's just a very, uh, you know, one of the opportunities Nicolas Cage gets to be real weird in this. Right. We, Which is, I, and the Zeus's butthole scene is coming I, up. Are we yeah. going to talk about that or okay? <laughs> that's in my notes. I want to talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Did I forget to get, give you a clip of Zeus's? We didn't butthole? get Zeus's butthole. Oh uh, no! Um, I mean, I could pull that up right now. I'll grab wait, it. Connor, can you do the line for us? Just pretend like you're Nicholas Cage. Because uh, what is it? So Nicholas Cage. That's he's basically he's like he's saying to Sean Connery like, uh, you escaped from Alcatraz. Uh, you you climbed and you swam, but how in Zeus's butthole did you get out of your cell? <laughs> and then right in that moment, wow. Sean Connery demonstrates how he got out of his cell. <laughs> I want to know everything about that line and how that came to be, because I don't think it was in the script, right? Yeah. Thank you for asking. I've got a piece, a piece of trivia on this. Much right. of Nicolas Cage's movie in this, in this dialogue, in this movie, in general, is improvised. Wow. Well, I can't talk. Improvised. Including the Zeus's butthole line, Michael Bay wanted to cut it. Cage insisted on it. That's interesting because I would want to cut that also, but <laughs> I, I would say it's perfect. Leave it. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot of this was improvised, which is was surprising. You got. You got it, Chris. You're on mute, Chris. I got the clip. Everybody, here it is. Now. In the name of Zeus's butthole, did you get out of your cell? How? Right. <laughs> butthole? Butthole? And this is this is a very a very common cage theme that we've had in a bunch of other episodes where he just says a line and then he screams a random word in the middle of it. Yeah, his emphasis yeah. is always very interesting. So if you're ever looking to do a Nicolas Cage impression, that's just the the basis of it is scream random words in the middle of your sentence yeah remember when uh in matchstick men he goes yeah some of these sickos like he just yells the word sickos it's it's, it's uh no don't forget that we're talking matchstick men which is also an episode we've recorded but not come out is when he sorry guys guy, we recorded something some something like have you ever been beaten so hard you piss blood it's a very famous one sorry by, by <laughs> right, a quote from the chat from galaxy quest one of my favorite films by Greptar's Hammer, you shall be avenged. Anyway, that's for our other podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's the um, the actor who plays Snape. I can't remember his goddamn name. Rick, Rick, Alan Rickman. It's oh called uh, Alan. It's called Al Al Alan. I, I got nothing. What do you got? Rick, Rick, many movies. That's right. That's our, I, our thought, I thought you were just going to do a, podca a podcast about Tim Allen movies. Ooh. Oh, oh. That's actually not a bad idea. Anyway. Okay. All right. No, All right. Wait, oh, we, uh, we forgot one clip, Chris, the minecart scene. Jungle to jungle. Okay. Uh, 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 <laughs> minecart. 
All right, for some reason, there's fucking mines and an Indiana Jones film in the basement of this goddamn uh, <laughs> prison. Hanging mines. Hanging That was when he's about to just shoot a guy for the first time. Uh, Here's a a few facts about this: is that uh, Michael Bay was very not happy with the dummy uh, effect. (laughs) Yeah, that dummy looked so bad. It was, and also they were originally supposed to the whole minecart scene because half of it is like on rails and half of it is on ceiling tracks. The whole thing was supposed to be ceiling tracks, but they ran out of money. So, but what was that supposed to be? Like, did they find gold under Alcatraz, or was it predate Alcatraz? Like, was it gold? Someone rush? in the chat brought something up too, which is like, how would the minecart even be greased up enough to work if it's like a hundred plus years old and like presumably not in use anymore? Even though, like, why would it be in use in the first place? But okay, let's just assume that they were mining gold under Alcatraz. They probably hadn't been doing that for quite a while, right? So (sighs) This wasn't very far below one of the the rooms, too. Like, they didn't drop down 50 feet into this mine. It was like... Like the the buildings right here, and then they're right below it. So like maybe somewhere... it was just a laundry cart system, like a oh like yeah, a, with... like a dumb waiter. But just I mean, you know, I... everyone likes to send their laundry over giant holes and underwater waterfall. Right. <laughs> but it's kind of like Chris said. It's like it looks like the set of um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and maybe somebody was like, "Hey, we still have this available. Like, do you want to <laughs> rent out?" Right? It's like this is up. <laughs> Yeah, because in my tour system. knowledge, I never knew of any kind of mining operations. <laughs> I'm glad we got you here, man, because yeah. we need the, the, the legitimacy every once in a while. Right. I feel like, like this the... was a tie-in for a theme park ride that never happened. Yeah. I just oh. think they threw so many ideas at this movie. They were just like, all right, what if there's a car chase? All right, we got to throw someone off a balcony. Okay, like there's planes. There's bo- There's so much going on. This movie has it's it all. very mid nineties access. At some point, uh, it turns into the Goonies. It's like half Goonies, half uh, <laughs> I don't know what you call it. It is important though, because that's when he saved Sean Connery's life, though, right? By yeah. shooting the guy, and then and it's like you can see Sean Connery starts to respect him. In that He's moment. like, yeah, cool. yeah. yeah, you're cool. <laughs> you're cool. Uh, we got uh, Sean Connery tries to run off at some point. Um, Nicholas Cage gets captured again. Uh, I couldn't find a clip of this, but there's this line, this really terrible line where he says, uh, where like someone's holding a gun to the back of his head and he says, glass or plastic? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> glass or plastic? Because you put you a glass jar or a plastic bag. It's like, okay. I get it. Yeah, that that felt like slightly improvised to me too. I don't uh, know. He abs- Nicholas Cage. I I don't, I don't have the exact. He absolutely wrote that though. I think I read that. Yeah, it seems like it. He, yeah, it sounded like him. Yeah. The the thermite. Oh, oh. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, what are you gonna say? 
I, I was just gonna say there was also a really bad reference to the army where like the crazy eyes guy who was like really evil and wanted to actually nuke um the bay area was like trying to convince uh, ed harris to do it or whatever and then he was like he looked him straight in the eyes and was like let's be all that we can be <laughs> and i was like whoa i felt like that was really direct and i was like i wonder if that if like people if the production argued over like whether that should be kept in because like yeah, because it looked okay, like they had association with the army. Yeah, mil- like Michael Bay usually gets military cooperation for his movies, and he You'd like think. you know it looks like he usually has like you know there might have been a couple of helicopters. Or, I don't know. It wasn't like, you know, I don't know. Also, why is Mike asking why do kids like the taste of cinnamon toast crunch? Oh, just asked questions. Asked a bunch of questions in, in the chat. Uh, there what? was. Oh, sorry, after you. No, I was going to say, what were you going to say? Because I interrupted you. Uh, I was going to say the thermite plasma. We didn't talk about, sorry, we didn't talk about that. But what they're saying is uh, that, so thermite is uh, a couple of chemicals you mix together that produce a lot of heat that you can do field welds with, right? So it's like, uh, instead of using gas to do a weld, you mix these two chemicals together, they burn straight through steel. If you drop thermite on the ground, it'll burn a hole right through cement. Somebody's an engineer. So, yeah, I was gonna say I already knew that, but I appreciate you saying that for anyone that did. Yeah, we all knew that. Yeah, yeah. thank you. So when they but say they thermite, up, well, when they say thermite plasma, I assume what they mean is if it's alternative to napalm, is they are turning the air into plasma. That's fucked up. So like nothing would have survived that. He wouldn't anyway. I'm I'm jumping ahead too far, but like they're talking about like, you know. No, this is good. I had questions about the science of this. I was like, do these gases exist? Are they this deadly? Like, is this all like fake made up sci-fi science that they use in movies just to sound, you know, fancy. That'd be crazy if they did. Let's skip ahead. We are so close to the end, although so much fucking shit still happens. I mean, Ed Harris get, gets double crossed and dies. Ed Harris, and- Ed Harris is, shoots the thing and then he doesn't, it turns out he didn't actually shoot the rocket um ed harris gets double crossed and killed um and then we have surprisingly ed harris is not the final villain of this movie but the other three dudes are um, i'll quickly point out too right as he yes. dies ed harris says what have i done and he does express remorse <laughs> and then he dies with his tongue sticking out like in an awkward way that's anyway that's a little side <laughs> i thought that was gonna be something like he was pointing to something like the the disarm switch or something like <laughs> Uh, like with this last ounce of strength nothing we yeah we we uh we get him fighting the candy man um and this is absolutely i I don't know for sure this is a nicholas cage written line but it certainly feels like it uh when he kills the candy man we got started off on the wrong foot stand good speed fbi uh let's talk music do you like the Elton John song Rocket Man? I don't like soft ass shit. Oh, you don't. <laughs> well, I only bring it up because uh, it's you. You're the Rocket Man. Now, wait. They, they, they didn't catch it in the clip, though. It's like he gets rocketed, but then falls onto a like skewer. Yeah, yeah he gets he gets impaled. impaled. Yeah. Oof. Rough. And I don't know. Have you guys seen the movie Broken Arrow? 
okay, it's another action movie starring John Travolta, Christian Slater from '96, so like right around the same time. Uh, minor spoiler for that movie is that a character gets dispatched by someone firing a rocket into them and launching them like through a train car is what I remember. So wow. this is this is the big mid '90s trope of people having rockets fired into their ship. Yeah. Uh, so I- we have. He kills Peta, and um, uh, he has to stab himself with the. the he gets he kills Peta by shoving the. Oh, the marble. Oh yeah, out. do you have that clip or no? Is that is that? Yeah, uh, right after. We have right after that clip. Yeah, have, like everything that occurs right after that clip. But, yeah. All right. I might fast forward this a little bit. It's a long one. I just the shot is very. <laughs> They're about to blow up the island. I cut it off too early. That's so dope. It's so awesome though. The poor he already fired it. That's so great. Oh, it's man. so close. Oh, I love it. That's great. Talk about a bad day at work. You know? Oh man, I'm yeah. sorry. I I cut it off too soon. Oh god. What yeah. happens is he gets blown into the water, face down. Again, we know that he can't swim. And that explosion on the island is maybe only twice as big as the one caused by the trolley. chris is it possible to access the clip where he puts the green ball in the guy's mouth or is that too hard because i think i can i can can do whatever you want man you want to do that we we got well i just think one he says something really funny he says something like chew on this but it's also i I thought that those green balls are sort of terrifying like they look like christmas ornaments in a way but they're like full of terror and then he makes a guy chew on it. I don't know. I think it's like it's a pretty good. Uh, okay, I have a. Good, I think I got I it right little, here. Yeah. All right, give me uh, give me a minute to bring it up. Yeah, while you're working on I'm that, sorry I'll give I'm making all these requests. No, this is great. Uh, the, so the line you're thinking of, as we'll see, is "Eat that, you fuck," which is one of the only <laughs> times that this character swears in the movie. The original line was, "Did I ever tell you I was gonna be a dad?" <laughs> What? Why would he? Why would he ever tell him that? I don't know. <laughs> so Nicholas Cage was like vetoing the. the he was like, I don't want to say that line, and then that's, that's how they got replaced. Uh, um, but an Irish guy, uh, one of the soldiers, uh, did punch Sean Connery and say, "Did I ever tell you my dad was Irish?" So. That's, yeah. Right. Right. Maybe there was some so parallelism that was implied. Yeah. Well, while you're uh, working on this, Chris, I'll give you guys another trivia related to the green balls. Um, I'm going to try to skim this quickly. Uh, So when um, there was an agent who, who was one of the people who said that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, this is real, real life, uh, a British agent um, 
And when he was describing the WMDs, uh, they had a lot of similarities to the green balls used in the rock in his description. Um, and uh, like he said that they were in glass balls. Uh, and then eventually British intelligence realized that their source had been lying because he had just seen the rock and just made up. Oh, the- no. <laughs> oh God. That's terrible. Oh God. Yeah, we forget how bad Bush's administration was too. But <laughs> uh, all right, here's the scene you were talking about, uh, Connor. What that fucking chip? What that fucking chip? That's me at the Super Bowl, am I right? That's oh, a long and. I love pressure. I might need to fast forward a bit. There we go. All right. Did it happen yet? I don't want to miss it. Oh, it's coming. Here we go. I'm gonna choke my million bucks out of you. You're gonna die. Eat that, you fuck. All right, that's that's yeah. All right, I'm gonna. Oh, yeah, this gets gross. We don't need to see that. I actually, What's interesting is you don't see that guy die. You don't officially see that guy die, but you assume that he that he does, or maybe just had uh, vocal cord damage. But you don't <laughs> see that guy die. I had a question about this because, uh, like, all right. So I'm just going to read this out loud. Uh, in, in cardiac uses, it works. It atropine works as a non-selective muscar muscarinic acetylcholinergic antagonist. All right, never mind. I was going to say, we already knew that, but thank you for reading it for the audience's benefit. Yeah, oh, I'm tra- I, I knew that already. Yeah. I was like, is atropine? I want to be like, are they just fucking around? Like, does atropine really just, like, cure you if you get poisoned? But I guess it does. I don't – it sounded fancy enough to me, so. All right, we are so close to the end, guys. We get Sh- Sean Connery rescuing Nicolas Cage from the water, and then they have just, like, a real – like like – literally like titanic music comes on like little flute like yeah. happy music the irish tin whistle starts playing yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and sean connery gives basically gives him all the secrets that have been the you know the reason he was in jail in exchange for nicholas cage telling them that sean connery died when that fbi guy just drops casually in conversation he's like you know the alien landing at roswell the secrets of, you know just like as if it's what if it's such a big secret? Why are you casually telling your coworker about it? Like you know, like it's just so crazy that why yeah. they kept him in jail for no reason for so long. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Roswell's just the tip of the iceberg, though. And then Cage is looking at the microfilm in their jalopy, like, "Hey, you want to kill Kennedy?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um. So Mike and I had an argument about this at the end of the movie, where he was like, "Oh, so he's gonna like, so Nick Cage's character is gonna like bring it back to the FBI now, right?" And I'm like, "No, right? Like, no. The whole point is that like the FBI isn't supposed to know that this information is still out there. Like, that's why Sean Connery hit it. So Nick was Cage, it- I assume, just goes off and like, yeah, what does he do with another, it? Lives another yeah. life with his wife and like gets to be really smug. Yeah." That's his reward. He gets to like. I suppose he could sell it to another government or something, but like, I would not think that he would bring it back to the U.S. government. Wait, so? Because the U.S. government, like, 
doesn't want anybody to have that knowledge. That's like why they put Sean Connery in jail in the first place. So now that now that Nick Cage has that information, it's not like the epilogue is him just being like, hey, bosses at the FBI, here's that information. Like, am yeah. I wrong? Is he going to sell it? He's not. Yeah, gonna that's my. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, there's no good thing he could do with that information besides destroy it at this point. Or just like, not a lot of put it put a they, didn't, they probably didn't put a lot of good thought into it. It's like they just want to see him like taking it and driving off. Yeah, yeah. he could Snowden himself. He could Snowden Snowden. You know, right? Just leak for, it for the good of humanity. public knowledge. Also, yeah. what was Sean Connery supposed to do like with the rest of his life? They gave him two hundred. Hang bucks. out with his daughter. Where, yeah, but yeah. he can never hang out with his daughter because, like, that's where, like, if they have any inkling that he was a, like, I guess everybody just no, takes he was it, face vaporized. Everybody takes it face face value that he was vaporized. But there was like a little wink between Nick Cage and the other FBI guys where they were like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. vaporized. Like, and they all kind of understand that like he's probably not dead, so they would probably be staking out the daughter's house. I right. don't think uh, Leo I'm, uh, from the West Wing thinks that he wasn't dead. I yeah. think he wanted to fucking kill him. Yeah. I mean, a thermite yeah. bomb could vaporize a person, hundred percent. Guys, we are at six twenty-five, so let's pivot over to the next section, Which and then is... we will have a chance to wrap up our thoughts on the movie as a whole. That's the trivia section. Oh, Chris. okay. We're going to trivia. Hit it. Wait, Brahms is is Nick Cage in Kung Fu Panda two? That someone in the chat said, "Are you going to watch Kung Fu Panda 2? Is Nick Cage in that movie? Because that would be interesting. Does he have an uncredited voice acting role? Only no. one way to find out. Oh, he says, "I don't know." Okay, they say, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So I have a few trivia things about this. I said a bunch of already, but uh, one thing is that uh, this was all shot. Um. Do, while Alcatraz was open to the public. So they literally shot this movie with like tourists storming around and just sort of like, I guess, just sectioned off different areas to shoot it. Um, <laughs> they held the premiere of this movie in the prison recreation yard on Alcatraz. Wow. Which, man, that would have been really cool. Wow. Um, oh my God, there's so much. Uh, they uh sean connery didn't want to travel to and from the mainland every day to shoot so they had they he asked them to build him a cabin on the rock oh my god oh that's That's cool yeah he's just living out there on alcatraz that's interesting because like the boat ride from the mainland to alcatraz is not that much time at all it's not like it it takes it's not like it takes like an hour or even a half an hour it's like a ferry ride yeah it's a short boat ride yeah yeah. and they have uh helicopters Right. I mean, yeah, he's Sean all Connery. The time. He could just be flown in every day. Yeah, I think but, he just seriously wanted. He's like, hey, I could live on an island. It'd be kind of cool. I think he just wanted that. Give me a shack. Yeah, I'll become <laughs> the old man in a she. Um, they uh did film on location when they dangled the guy off the the hotel. So that really? was actually, that was actually filmed at the Fairmont Hotel, and they had a bunch of uh nine one one calls because people saw someone hanging off a balcony. Oh my god. Oh wow. Wow. That's they didn't amazing. go around and tell people. That's what production assistants are for. Big go, city. Go fly your people's houses, be like, by the way, we're shooting a thing. <laughs> um and I also have the body count in the movie if anybody wants to hazard a guess how many people died in this movie. 
Oh, I thought you literally meant like people in the production, but you mean like fictional no. people died. Okay. No. I was although, like, what? Although the producer, uh, the co-producer Don Simpson did die during the filming of this movie and that's yeah. why the movie's dedicated to him. Oh. So it's good. Let's say legit. 35 people died. Okay. That's, that's a nice even okay. number. I'm going to go it- low and say 18. I'll go even lower. I'll say I'll say 13. It's 25 people. So uh, uh, depending on whether we're playing prices right rules or not, uh, Connor or Chris wins. <laughs> let's, guys, Mike, let's Mike find was out. real close. 27, Mike says. That's pretty good. That is good. Let's, let's find out uh, how we rank this movie. All right. We're going to, it's time to go and uh, a rank. All right. Here we are once again. So the way that this works is we have ranked, we have, we, we have scored every movie that we've worked, that we've reviewed and uh, we are slowly, but surely developing a definitive list of the best to worst Nicolas Cage movies. Um, so uh, what we'll do, and we, and this is a four person episode, but don't worry, we are scaling it so that it compares with our three person episodes. Um, so we will ask you guys, let's just out of 10 to give a score for uh, each of these categories and we'll walk you through it. So the first one is the cast. This is sort of just like, how excited were you to see all the people that are in this movie? How good was the cast? Not, you know, not necessarily acting just like who, who, who they did, who they were. Uh, so uh, Connor, why don't you go first? Am I giving it a letter grade? Oh, so out of 10. Okay. 10, I'm going <laughs> to give it a 10 because uh, I love the cast. What an ensemble. Ooh, Love that is high praise, Liz. Yeah, I I, I thought it, it was a very good cast of well-known, like, mid-90s actors and character actors. So I, I would give it a 10 for cast. Wow, we got two 10s for cast. Um, I mean... That's, that's oh. high. That's uh, I'm going to say not a 10. I agree with you that it's a really great cast. Uh if I start thinking about other movies, though, I'm like, oh, did I like the other cast better? I will say, though, that this cast is really tight, so I am actually going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it an eight, uh, but not for any real negative reason. I just think it's uh, it's very strong. Lots of lots of great familiar faces. All right. This is out of 10. How good is the acting in the movie? In general. Everybody's, yeah. not just Nicolas Cage. Connor, you're up first. How good is you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go ahead and give it a ten. And uh, I'm sorry, you said that he he won an Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And he and this was made after Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. Okay. So to me, that because the only weak point might have been me thinking Nick Cage overdoes it, but knowing that he won an Oscar, I think he knew exactly what he was doing. He was in complete control of his instrument at all times. And so I'm going to give it a 10. And everybody else was great, including Sean Connery. So it's a 10 for me. All right. Liz. I'm going to give it an eight. Eight for acting. Yeah, it was good. good. Sort of in spite of Nick Cage, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Remember, though, he's coming off an Oscar win. He's just going buck wild. He's like, I can do whatever the hell I want. I, Uh, I was like... So I thought Sean Connery was great in this movie. Like when he said things, I was like, I was into it. I thought Nick Cage just like was terrible in this movie. To be honest, yeah. like 
I didn't know what he was trying to do. After watching too many of these Nick Cage movies, it's like Nick Cage. I just said it the wrong way. I just emphasize. Never mind. Uh, after watching too many of these movies, like you kind of see what he's doing, and you start to see the strings, and it's like, ah, man, he's actually not. Anyway, I'm not gonna get too much into it, but I'm gonna give him a seven because every the ensemble's pretty good. Yeah, I like Seven. I think some people were, like, Ed Harris didn't get that much to do, and, you know, he's obviously a very good actor. Yeah, they didn't use him as well as they could have. Some people were better than others. Um, okay, oh, yeah. fun. Uh, this is... Sorry, what was the number again? I'm sorry. Sorry, same out. as you, Seven. Okay. So, this is just, how much fun is this movie to watch? That's basically it. I'm gonna give it a Seven for fun. Okay. Because I agree oh. that it was pretty slow to start. Like, I just feel like there was, like, there was a lot to explain because it was really convoluted. So the first half of the movie was just, like, them trying to explain everything. Um, and you didn't get to Alcatraz until pretty far in. Connor, what do you think, fun-wise? I'll give it, um, I had I had a lot of fun with this movie. The old, I'll give it just a slightly lower score just because of some of the stuff we talked about, about there were certain things like me thinking Sean Connery would be a broken man that took me out of it occasionally, <laughs> but I really had a great time. So I'll give it, I'll give it a nine. So you're, you're taking a point off because one of the characters was more put together and happy than you expected. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And a few, I mean, a few other things like the car chase, a lot of fun there, but there's just no way that he's getting in a Hummer and he's going to do what he does on San Francisco streets. He also takes a phone call during that car chase scene, as you'll recall. He yeah. takes the time to answer the car phone with his uh, free hand. So that was fun, but it also took me out of it, and then I can't enjoy the fun as much. So I yeah. I'll give it a Hard to suspend your disbelief in some of, some of yeah, the scenes. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I, I kind of agree with Connor on this, but it might be a symptom of having watched this movie too many times because uh, – <laughs> The the fun parts are like the ones that are like, what the fuck are they even doing? Like when he rolls underneath the flaming contraption or yeah. the, the chase in the mines. But like, what? There's no mines under there. And and you want to have fun. But at the same time, you're also like, there's a lot of like heavy drama supposed to be playing out. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm going to drop it down to a, a seven for fun. I'm going to give it an eight. I think it's really fun. I think I'm a little biased again from seeing it too many times recently, but I mean, I, I gotta be go with, you know, it's a fun movie to watch. It's a fun, stupid action movie. All right. Technical. This is like special effects, uh, costuming hair and makeup, mainly special effects in this movie. I think. What do you think, Connor? I would say, I'll give it a nine. The only thing, can I dock it for, because I didn't always like the music. Yeah, sure. Sure. There were times where I felt like the music, they, they, they tried, but I think that there are a lot of action movies with even more incredible music. Like for instance, Days of Thunder, Top Gun. These are, I listen to the soundtracks to those movies independent of the movies, just for my own enjoyment. And The Rock doesn't quite get there with its music. Yeah. Other than that, I thought it was technically great. I loved all the special effects. Um, Liz, before you answer, Chris, we have a question from the chat. Yes. Uh, is your shirt from Old Navy? <laughs> While you answer, Liz, Chris, please take off your shirt. I get <laughs> no nips on Twitch, so. No nips on Twitch. No nips on Twitch. Uh, yes, it is. It is from Old Navy. Okay. Yes, it is an Old Navy shirt. 
This Huzzah. show brought to you by Old Navy. What you got, Liz? What do you think? I, I would give it an eight because I actually have in my notes uh, kudos to the makeup artists for making everyone look sweaty and grimy. Like they did a very good job. Um, I just thought so, like the, the special, they were over the top and that was fun. And that's what you expect from a Michael Bay movie. But just, you know, a little cheesy, like, yeah, the dummy and like some of, some of this stuff kind of took me out of it. Like, I don't know. But overall it was fun. I, I think it, it was good technically. Yeah, docking points for the dummy, docking points for uh the I thought the the explosion with the trolley was actually kind of like it, it was cool, but it was like also like ah come on, man. Like it didn't make a lot of sense. Like yeah. I know that like I know that not everything has to make perfect sense and like be completely grounded in reality, but I was also like where the hell did that come from? Like at a certain point it just becomes confusing and you're just like what did I just watch? Like was that trolley like did it hit a gas main or something somehow? Like, yeah, where, maybe. Where was yeah. the propellant? So, I'm going to dock a few things for that and I'm going to give it uh, an 8. Mm, I'm going to give it a 9. I think they did a lot of explosions pretty damn well. I'm happy with the explosions. <laughs> All right, overall guys, what out of 10 do you rate this movie? I give it a solid nine. Solid nice. nine. This is going to yeah. be a high score. I get. I gave it an eight. I thought it was really fun. Uh, I'm right there with you, Liz. Eight for me. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Seven. Yeah. This this is a very high score. This is yeah. Up we'll, there. we'll take it. All right. So this last we'll we'll see where it stacks up. So the last one is bonus. You can add or take away one point for any individual detail of the movie that you appreciated or disliked. Or an actor that you were excited about. I I really didn't like the sex scene on the roof with Nick Cage and his Ooh, girlfriend. Yeah. I thought oh. it was so fucking gross. And like, I'm sure he improvised those lines, and that made me hate it more. When he was like, "This is not Nate," and I was like, "Alien this." <laughs> so I'm gonna dock three points for that. Whoa! All right, you know what? What do you think? Can we do I more hate than Nick one Cage. point? <laughs> I think we traditionally have just done one point, but man, could take you away take, three. Could you take away three? Uh, I'll I'll allow it. Oh wow, Connor! I'll take away one point for something that maybe everybody else here noticed. There's a there's a shot where Sean Connery is just sort of like uh, doing a little, so almost like a casual jog uh, along the island, right? If I'm not mistaken, uh, they use that same shot two different times. Uh, and to me, it's like a situation where they were like, we already have the footage of him doing this. Let's put it in again. Because if you recall, when they first part ways on the island, when Sean Connery's like, okay, I'm done. Uh, right, then it cuts to a shot. Uh, anyway, it, the point is, I think they reused footage. So I'll dock him one, one point for that. Sloppy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you want to have me on again, we can go, we can, we can go back. <laughs> And go in and find it and break it down. No, I know what you're talking about. When they first part ways, when they first part ways, he's jogging away. When he's running from the explosion at the end, uh, right before the bombs drop, we just had a clip of it. He's jogging away. It's the exact same. And it doesn't it look like the exact same shot? It's the same shot, but they they did it tighter. They zoomed it in a little bit. Yeah, they they just cropped it. No, and it's like you're already doing all these other great shots. Why couldn't you just get two different ones? I bet you Connery's like, I'm not gonna run. I'm tired. I'm old. You know, he's like, he's like, leave me in my shack. I'm fishing. I'm off for the day. Like he probably like caught all his own food and he's like, that hair was real. He grew it when he was in a shack. (laughs) 
but all right i think i'm gonna give uh one point for the incredible number of candles that uh that on Nick Cage roof, yeah. lit on his roof during that sex scene. Like, why? Um, you want to kill everybody in your building, you fucking asshole? You get a point. That's another thing I didn't like. I don't like gratuitous candles next to, like, curtains and, like, gas mains, and it's just a bad idea. Just burn your fucking building down. I I really, I hate to end this on this note. Um, we'll talk about something else after this, story, but uh, I'm going to take away a point for a prison rape joke. We didn't yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Oh, there man. has to be some punishment for that. We don't we don't like that. Even though it was the nineties and we hadn't learned our lesson yet, we should have. Also, did he say avoiding rape in the prison yard? What? Did yeah, he, he or in the shower. Like, I think he says in the shower. Oh, the yeah. shower. I was gonna say because yeah. that's in the yard. That's a wow. That's a rough he was just, rough he, prison. It was like he was like making a joke about like why he's still so tough or whatever, or like why he's in good shape. And it was yikes. Yikes. Let's, time the results yes so let just to give you guys a little background for those who've been just catching up we have what this is our seventh movie um so we are making seven movies our number one movie so far uh it was it was held by face off for a little while but then we watched mandy and we really loved it so now mandy's number one mandy now took it. I, this is going to come somewhere near the top so uh let's see what we got chris oh now, number two <gasps> Oh, wow. this is shocking. It unseated face-off. This is, I blame Connor for this. Connor's super <laughs> fandom has, <laughs> nobody, nobody has... knew the passion that I have for this film. Not even me until the second watch. <laughs> nobody knew. You can I, take uh... the tour guide out of the man, but you can't take the man out of the tour guide. That's you know? true. Wow. I, I think if I was ranking this, I mean, and this is, this is why we have a guest input on this if i was ranking this myself i would have absolutely put face off above the rock but what's done is done but those scores could be really tight i think uh, i want to produce a, a graph that shows where these are clustered so that you can yeah. kind of see when they're kind of close to each other but nothing now, has yet to unseat the working man for last place ima imagine if my if my if i had only taken off one point instead of three for the terrible sex scene it could have been the difference it could have been the imagine difference. if i'd liked the, the music <laughs> i'd like the music this would be the one i mean it's it's just the, the way the die is cast and this is what we find oh my gosh guys i'm just gonna give you a little behind the scenes thing so this is literally half a point behind mandy wow oh wow so we wow. Liz, liz had not taken three points off this would have been our number one movie which this is like the election just like the vote I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Perfect analogy. We're gonna have All to right. we're gonna have to make some 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 uh different plots of of the results without Connor in them with Connor. Yeah. <laughs> some I'm alternate realities. Yeah. All right. I the, it up. the next thing uh say, oh sorry. Yeah. I was gonna say this is I we had our we were oh at some point we were scoring our most enthusiastic guest. So Connor gave this 46 points. I'm trying to remember our previous most 44. He's he, Connor wins because it was 44, I remember. Was, okay, so uh, yes. Yeah, so Connor is officially our wait. most enthusiastic guest about the movie. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, all right. So, yes, Chris, take us to our next. All little right. Blurb. So a little thing we do called the cage gauge, uh, and I haven't changed it to the rock. Sorry. Guys, ignore that. Nothing to see uh, here. Yeah, the the we we, we each gave. Uh, all right. So basically, what this is is a plot of um, uh, it's a plot of 
uh, Nick Cage's craziness versus his acting ability. Uh, so, like, when I say Cage craziness, I mean, like, not he's playing someone who's crazy, like someone with a mental illness. I mean that Nick Cage brand trademarked yelling random words, you know, that kind of thing. Zeus's uh, butthole. Zeus's butthole, that kind of thing. Like, so that versus in this movie, like, how good his acting was. Meg, I screwed this up, if you'll notice. Uh, so I don't know how to work that magic you did for two scores. So what I'm going to do is just put the two scores here, and we're going to average oh, them. Oh, here's what you do is the average. Oh, no, the average should work. Okay, we're going to average them. All right, cool. Yeah. Right, so. Uh, what? Yeah, I think you, yeah, you, yeah, you just need to change the average so it includes another cell. Guys, we're doing Excel. This is Getting not some Excel tutorials. This here. is not just a a um a uh, like Nick Cage podcast thing. It is also an Excel tutorial. So just FYI. This is useful stuff. Okay, right. cool. So we're good. We got it. We're good. We're just gonna do this. All right, guys, let's do it. So, Liz, how crazy do you think Cage was in this movie? Out of ten. I'm trying to think of like all the weird quotes of his and the weird emphasis and the yelling. And, you know, it actually was pretty, um, pretty contained for him. So I would give it like, I would, it, it was over the edge, but not like to a 10. So I'm going to say six. Six. How about you, Connor? I'll give it an, I'll give it an, um, I'll give it an eight. <laughs> now I feel shy about giving high numbers. <laughs> I think no. I, I think you should just go with your heart, and we'll let the chips fall where they may. I think and, it's. I think it's like it's. It's a good mix of like crazy, but also real. Yeah, it's not like his craziest movie, by far. Yeah. But you know, it, it is. I'm, I'm gonna say, um, having seen Vampire's Kiss, which we gave a ten to, uh, this doesn't. I think this is a five for me because there are some crazy moments, but honestly. Yeah, I, I guess it's a five. I might even I could even go as low. I might go as low as a four, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. How about you, Meg? Strongly disagree. I think this is a solid six because uh, you know five. I feel like is a normal person. I don't know. No, you're right. Yeah, I still think six. All right. Six? So All right. <laughs> slightly above crazy acting. This is this is um how good acting was Nicolas Cage in this movie specifically him. Ten being very good. Yes. 10 being amazing and one or zero being normal mortal acting. I'm going to go with six again. All right. You got a solid six. How about you, Connor? I'm going to go with 10. As I said, I think he knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> this is an, this is an Oscar winner. I think he knew exactly what he was doing and I commend him for his choices. <laughs> I feel like, the act the 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 role didn't call for much uh yeah no uh there wasn't a lot of depth there i'm gonna have a four i'm sorry oh my god <laughs> Meg, it's chris and i are in different places how we feel about I, i'm even gonna go even lower in a three this is not <laughs> oh wow oh wow wow i think i think i think sean connery is much stronger in this movie all right we're right well we end up with a five yeah so let's oh this this is a first, guys. Show we it are, to us, Chris. Show all right. us what it means. So we are almost on the, the vertex of the two axes with this movie. 
So you can see, like, it's not in the – there's a more crazy good acting and the more crazy bad acting quadrant. He's right on the line, and he's almost not even the crazy side. This is, like, almost a zero. It's almost the, the middle of the chart. And let's see how that stacks up to the other movies we've done so far. Uh, so I have the wrong icon on here. I have Vampire's Kiss because I did not update this chart, and I apologize <laughs> for that. But, yeah, you can see uh, – He's kind of firmly been in, in a quadrant, except for uh, uh, this movie um, is is Wild at Heart. That that put us almost to the same position, I, I guess. But uh, yeah, pretty close to the center. What that tells I us, I don't know. I find it interesting that like none. Of, I mean that. Uh, I mean Connor's ten for his acting, but like. The rest of us are kind of meh about his acting, but we all kind of rated the movie highly overall, obviously. So it means that like Sean Connery kind of carried this movie, I guess. Also, like, I don't think a movie needs to have good acting to be enjoyable to watch. Totally. Yeah, 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 that's true. There was a lot going on to make it fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. It guys. is an action movie. Hit us with our next section, Chris, our last one. Oh, you want to see the last section? That section, which is, is Nick Cage fact. A Nick Cage fact. Nick Cage facts. All right, this is one I'm so disappointed in myself because we just recorded the Vampire's Kiss episode yesterday, and this would have been a perfect fact for it. So when you guys watch the Vampire's Kiss episode in a few weeks, just think of this. Um, so I had forgotten this happened, but there was a uh, photo. Chris, if you can pull up the photo. That this guy started selling on ePoint. I'm sorry, ePoint. That's a e thing point. from my job. Did you just make up a, a website? No, that's e that's something e from my job. This is no relevance to anyone listening. Can you um, buy stock in ePoint? I think it's gonna take off. What? It's got that name. It's gonna take off ePoint. Is, is this a plug? This is a plug. <laughs> ePoint makes sharing your photos and your 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 thoughts easier. Use the ePoint app on your phone. All right, sorry. <laughs> Come on. The actual thing is very boring. It's this a is pension administration tool. All right. So this photo, somebody was selling this photo on eBay uh, with the headline, Nicholas Cage is a vampire. Um, he asked for a million dollars for this pic, which was taken in Tennessee in 1870. And uh, he, he said that it was a proof that Nicholas Cage is a vampire. I don't know if you can zoom in on the face. Yeah. It does look like him. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Close enough. Um, Nicholas Cage went on David Letterman, and while he was there, he denied the accusation. He said, "This man is uglier than me." <laughs> um, he, he does have a weird-looking head. I don't know. That's... And he also uh, explained why it wasn't possible because he said there's a photograph of this person, and you can't take a photograph of a vampire. Fair Cage point. has Fair all point. the answers. Um, that's. Our Nick Cage fact for the day. Nick Cage facts. Brought Nick to you Cage. by ePoint. If you need to trade, if you need to <laughs> buy groceries, if you need a ride somewhere, ePoint's your answer. Get the ePoint <laughs> app today on the Amazon store or uh, wherever you buy your pet food. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, Liz and Connor, uh, what do you guys have to promote to our uh, audience today of 11 people? Hello, audience. Liz. Liz. <laughs> Go for it. Plug something. Okay, well, Plug something. Uh, 
I just, I just feel like I've been talking a lot. I was trying to give people room. Um, I'm still processing I, if he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I do uh, short form improv uh, with Meg and Chris and a cast of other funny folks. Uh, also Connor. And Connor, Connor. yep. Yep, I make an appearance sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes I make an appearance. I was just honoring you, our uh, beloved hosts, uh, who uh, do a Friday night show on uh, Manager's Comedy on Twitch. And so occasionally you will see me performing there. So Twitch.tv slash Manager's Comedy, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah. It's Shane's um, birthday today? No, Shane's birthday was close to Halloween. We've also been asked to plug both uh, two birthdays in the chat, which are our friends Shane and Mike. Uh, Mike's birthday was yesterday. Shane's birthday was a few days before that. Happy birthday. Happy uh, birthday. So happy birthday uh, Connor, I know you have a show. Uh, what is the address? Uh, yeah, I do a show on my YouTube channel, uh, Improv Comedy Show. The YouTube channel is youtube.com slash B-U-Z-E-Y. And that's every Saturday at 8 p.m pacific time awesome it's really i good. also was going to throw something on uh my girlfriend and i sell pins nice. uh, like improv style pins i just put the link in our chat here if you go to etsy.com it's yes and pins on etsy so if you want like a fun pin that says yes and we got a variety of them it's a lot of fun that's like yeah. a little thing that we little side hustle that we got going there you can find them on instagram too uh at yes and pins yeah yeah and the nice That's little nice. pins. We should promo that on our Instagram. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and that's it. We have a show next week, uh, November 15th. We are going to be watching Gone in 60 Seconds with, <coughs> excuse me, oh, with nice. Jenny Stukin. Our, uh, this is one of our pre-recorded ones because Chris and I are going to the East Coast to visit our families. Um, but we will be watching live with you guys and chatting along. It should be fun. Um, that's it. That's our show. Guys, guys. have yes. a good night. Thank you so much. Remember to vote. Wait, this isn't pre-recorded, so we already did vote. Wait, Trump's not. Oh, that's right. We already won. It's over. I'm just so used to, <laughs> I'm just so used to saying vote. I'm just so used to the Remember end of thing. Like, vote. Won. I'm shell shocked. But, but make, start thinking about 2024 and make yes. a plan. Start what are you going to be doing that day? Also, if you live in Georgia, there's going to be a runoff election, so you better freaking vote. Yeah. Because we need vote. to flip the Senate. Vute. Vute. All right, guys. Good there night. We have a good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Unlocking the Cage is produced by the Manager Special. Music by Will Janetta. Check out our other shows, as well as sketches, animation, and short films at managerscomedy.com. <laughs>